Well, hello, fans of the USF Pro Championships. My name is Rob Howard. Another edition of uh, my USF Pro Insider. Uh, not much to talk about in terms of the event. Obviously, the last podcast we had, we did a little bit of a uh, of a review of what happened at St. Petersburg. We'll do a little bit of one here, but focus only on one driver. This is episode number 44 of the Insider. It is March the 17th, St. Patrick's Day, actually, as we get ready to roll into essentially a, a weekend off before we all head to Florida once again to Sebring International Raceway for the next rounds of the USF Pro Championships. Joining me on the podcast today is Michael D. Orlando, the reigning champion of the USF 2000 program, a, a young driver I've had the privilege of watching from his mini max days back in karting and working his way all the way, all the way up through the ranks. Uh, joining us from his, uh, I think, his apartment in Charlotte where he goes to school. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you here. Uh, thank you for having me, Rob. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I, you know what? It's good to have a couple of weekends off. I had uh, a bunch of karting events to do early in the season. Of course, spring training and then the St. Petersburg uh, uh, opener back to back. We were all kind of there for you know, a week to 10 days down in Florida. A little bit of a break. You're back at school, but I'm ready to go back racing, man. We're going back to Florida. <laughs> you ready to go back to Florida? Well, it's not that cold in Charlotte right now. It's not that bad. It's like 60s right now. Yeah, dude, I would take 60s right now. It is not it's 60s here. It's supposed to get way colder over the weekend, though, so we'll figure it out. Spring we'll is just around the corner, even for Canada, yeah. for sure. Uh, obviously, Michael, you, people have got to, really got a chance to see what you were able to do last year. A tremendous battle near the end of the season. Uh, you were up against it with uh, Miles Rowe and Jace Denmark, the two Paps racing drivers, the stretch run down to Portland for the championship. Um, before we even go to that, you would, you know, not struggle, but you'd worked hard to try to get a full season in. You're never really able to get a full season working on the budget side of things. Finally able to get it done with Cape Motorsports last year. Let's just go back a bit. You know, obviously we know now that you end up coming away with the championship. You were kind of a long shot in terms of the points coming into the finale weekend, but you emerged from the fire with the title. When you look back at it right now, it's, uh, what do you think about that weekend? Because it was such a topsy-turvy weekend. I, I think it's really a toss-up when, when you look at it from terms of points. But going into that weekend, I feel that I was the most calm and collected of the three drivers. Um, Jace was going for the win. He, know, he, he knew he was going straight for miles. And the two of them as teammates, I bet there was a whole bunch of drama and tension in that in that trailer so being in third place was actually kind of a little bit of a relief because yeah. i'm on the attack mode and they know i'm coming because i mean i've been there all year i've been up at the front all year last year and it's just a matter of time for me to sit back try and stay keep my head cool collected and make the smartest moves that i can and throughout the weekend i did just that with miles and jace the two amazing past drivers they were really quick and they challenged me all year but they i think they got into their own heads and be having the clear the most clear head and having making the most concise decisions um definitely paid off in the end so i knew for sure i wasn't out of it but i knew it was a stretch um it's it's an intriguing insight though you, you talk about the fact that you kind of went in you know you're the only guy with kate motorsports with a chance at winning the championship you're, number one, you want to win the championship, but number two, you want to beat your teammate, right? So here they are. They have that inner inner team dynamic that you didn't have to deal with. And of course, they qualify up front to, and end up getting together. Uh, there's contact. You end up coming away with the championship in the end. Like you said, cooler heads kind of prevailed. You had a little, little less stress. A uh, little less stress, but I still, I can vividly recall uh, interviewing you on 
on the top of the podium in victory lane. And it's a long run for a lot of drivers. You guys, you and your brother and your family uh, in particular, digging hard to try to find the money to do this. You'd ha- you had a bit of an emotional purge there when we were on the podium, holding back some tears. Can you recall the, the sheer emotion of, of finally realizing that you had won the championship? I do. Um, and there's, I haven't had a feeling like that in my entire life. Yeah. It's like for something that I've dedicated my life to for 15 years now, yeah. it's um, something that I've always dreamed of. And it's something that even, even though it's not IndyCar level stuff, you always have that dream of the getting there and taking one step at a time. And this is a, that was a milestone in my life, just taking a huge chunk and saying, I did that. And there's, and it's so much better to go what that one level higher and be like, I am this much closer to my life's goal. I am this much closer. And that was the realization that it's like, I just won the championship and thanks to Anderson promotions and you guys have been helping to fund my season this year, because as you know, and as everyone else knows, there's two have me and Nick both being in the sport is double the double the cost. And it's an already an expensive sport, which we don't quite have the budget for. So this is, this really boosted and gave me a jump start from what I've had in the past on terms of how I can prepare myself for the following year and the funding for the following year. Yeah. As Indy Pro is a little bit more expensive, I am now racing Indy Pro for less than what it cost me to race USF, which is amazing. And I hope to continue this ladder uh, onwards with this USF Pro Championship. But that moment right there was everything the start of a new beginning the start of a new era and i feel that there's there's no real way to explain that emotion it's something yeah. that you need to feel to understand yeah for those people that don't know uh, it's it, we always talk about how t- tough it is for a family to try to find the money for their young uh, son or daughter to work their way up through the ranks well the dear landos of course there's michael and nicholas's brother who's uh, who's actually pretty impressive it's at st petersburg in usf 2000 so the family's trying to find money for two drivers to come up through the ranks, which is tough. But let's go back again to what you just talked about there. And you said uh, how important it was to get this championship. And it's two things in my mind. Number one, they can never take it away from you, right? You right. Are, you will always now be a USF 2000 champion. You're among uh, some elite drivers who have been able to win a championship over the last couple of decades, and especially the last decade and a bit. Uh, but it also resets your baseline, like you said, right? You're not, you weren't just you weren't just a driver who did well in USF 2000, won some races. Now you're a champion. So uh, at the very least, your baseline is you're a USF 2000 champion moving forward, right? And I think for you, that's a key thing, I think, for any driver, number one, um, marketing-wise, business-wise, commercially, but you as a right. driver mentally as well, to be able to have that, right? I'm a USF 2000 champion. I know I can win USF Pro 2000 now. You know it. Yeah. So let, let's talk, let, let's talk, let's move from there to the off season, because obviously the scholarship that's part of this program and now, uh, obviously now the, the discount tire um, driver development scholarship program. Um, it's, it's, it's not the full season. It's a ton of money, but it's not a full season. Right. And obviously the, right. there's a certain amount of money costs keep going up with new cars and everything that happens, tires, everything happened through COVID. You still have to come up with a bunch of money. Your off season wasn't at probably super, super smooth because you guys still had to dig really hard to try to find money. And we didn't get a, a confirmation that you were running with uh, turn three motorsports until kind of late in the going. How tumultuous was the offseason for you and how much? Because I know you didn't test a ton because you you guys really didn't have the budget put together till late. Uh, the offseason was hectic. Yeah. And it's 
you wouldn't think it really is because i mean i'm not in the car how can it be hectic it's hectic on the business side of things so yeah. one thing we like to say is it's like 90 percent what you do off the track and 10 percent what you do on the track and we've been doing a lot of just putting together everything and when i say everything just making sure i have race gear um deciding what team i'd want to race for this year trying to find the funding to race for this year which is a big part of that and then putting together powerpoint presentations um meetings with uh sponsors nights out like all this kind of stuff where we're trying to do a lot of thank yous and and um give away some gifts to our sponsors over the week over the, yeah. the year saying like hey you guys have helped me do this thank you so much and yeah, I'll give you like a plaque. I gave my one of my biggest sponsors, uh, DBC, my helmet from last year. Um, Art Women's Rising Star Racing now has my championship suit. So all, all out of these guys have been, I've been trying to show my support. So hopefully they could stay on board a little bit right. longer. Yeah. Um, but we ended up collecting another sponsor over this over this winter called Priority Technology Holdings, and they have as they have really given us the start to this year, and have put me and Nick both in the car and as my season is although i do have the sponsor uh the scholarship for the year ride driving that usf pro number one car so yeah. i mean it's gorgeous colors too but it's we don't have the full season we have more of mine than we do nicks and we were really struggling to kind of put everything together so exclusive has been super patient with us and uh prior to technology holdings has definitely helped us out trying to get that first uh race in and it's probably the same with simon sykes as well yeah. um where he's he did um he did saint pete because both of me and him and nick and our family knew that if you did we needed to put together saint pete so if you do something good there then you're in the championship points you're in the running so you can continue to move forward for um the rest of the season and that that was super important to get everyone down there to get all the meetings on saint pete and make sure that we put everything together so even if we don't have the money for the rest of the year that hopefully that can give us more of a head start going into Sebring and going into Indianapolis. And you have to start the season. If you don't start the season, you're not yeah. even going to get to the end. So you have to start the season. Now, one right. of the interesting things there uh, as well, uh, all this work you're doing while you're studying for your marketing degree at UNC Charlotte. So it's, again, uh, I can't reiterate enough uh, to, to people that are listening, race fans out there. And we always talk about the fact that you guys are the future stars of the NTT IndyCar series. We've seen so many drivers follow uh, you know, come through this entire ladder system, this USF Pro Championships, formerly, of course, known as the Road to Indy, brought to you by Cooper Tires, um, that 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 you're not just drivers. It's not like you're a pro driver at this point. You're going to school at the same time, plus yeah. you're trying to figure out how to find the money, plus you're trying to get behind in, behind the wheel of the car. And I remember talking to you at, at, uh, at Sebring for spring training. That happened the Monday and the Tuesday before the St. Petersburg event. And you really hadn't had much seat time at all at that point. But I know that when you came out there, you were super fast at, at, at Sebring for spring training. And I could see it in your face was like, you know what? I didn't get the testing I wanted in, but I feel good. The transition from you, from the USF 2000 car to the Pro 2000 car, it seemed like it was pretty seamless for you. And I could see on your face that you were very happy that you were in the hunt. Yeah, it's it's good to be back. I think it I did a total of six days of testing. Um, and that's all, that's all after the new year. So yeah. I, a lot of people have had over eight. I know for sure because they did the Chris Griffiths test and they did a couple of days of testing and then all of the days at Sebring before um, St. Pete. So I'm definitely behind the eight ball in terms of testing, but it was nice. I did have about a five month 
um, period where I didn't even step foot into a, a race car. Wow. So um, getting back into the car, the first, the second session that I went out in that car, I was on pace, which was good to hear. Um, the USF Pro car is not so much different than the than the 2000, but I think that the team and I have definitely had a good relationship and a good connection. So I was able, I was capable of getting into that car and just putting down some good laps, putting down some good times. And then even the consistency and comfortability side of things, I'm definitely in a good spot. <laughs> you know, I wasn't quite thinking I, I was going to um, adjust that fast. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, I surprised myself. I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> That's good. And it, it, just, it just clicked immediately, which was, which was good to hear. Um, and yeah, I I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, burst my own bubble and that kind of thing. But I think, uh, I think I'm looking good for Sebring, especially after all the testing that we've done there going into next weekend. We yep. have a good car. I'm confident. And even in the, in testing, we've been top three, um, consistently in terms of times and, and consistency pace. So I think, um, I think we've got a good, a good, uh, good weekend ahead of us. You know, it's not your job to do that. It's my job to toot your horn, right? So you don't have to do it. I'll take care of it for you. One of the things <laughs> Thanks, so you Rob. can't, you can't control the budget. And you can't control being able to get into the car to a certain extent in testing. Something you can control over those five months was your physical fitness, right? You can, you can right. get yourself stronger because obviously the USF 2000 car to the, the pro 2000 car, very similar, but more of everything. Like I always say, more horsepower, more downforce bigger tires, more brakes. So it's a more physical ride. I know you guys do a lot of work. You and your brother, I see it on social media. You guys are, you were digging hard in the off season to make sure you were ready to get behind the wheel of that car. Oh yeah. I'm, um, obviously I have one of my partners is uh, UFC Jim Amerinek. Um, so they're um, UFC based gym and in Amerinek, New York. And over the off season when I was home, it would be every day, every other day, going to the, going to the gym, hitting the bag, um, hitting some pads and doing some private training here or there. Um, huge um huge thank you to those guys for the partnership that we have it's been super helpful in terms of the fitness side of things and if you can be prepared in every way like the one thing that we tell ourselves is we can't get in the car as most as much as most people so we want to make sure that we're better at everything else and one of those is the gym and i as soon as i got in that usf pro car i i hear stories of other drivers i can name a whole bunch i've just heard over the past couple of weeks that then got out and just dog tired and i didn't feel a thing and even back here at us uncc we have the we have uh u rec center um rec, uh, the recreation center and i'm in the gym every day five days a week almost two times a day sometimes so it's it's i've been super hardcore in terms of my um my physique and i've been doing trying to do a little bit more bulking because i know usf pro you can put on a, at least a little bit like three to five pounds so yeah, yeah i think gonna, i think in terms of uh yeah. <laughs> in terms of physique i look better uh which is which is kind of nice to hear but um yeah i've definitely been pushing hard and a lot of people don't understand that race cars are very physical and you look at them like oh what do you do you just turn the brake you turn the wheel and press the gas and brake but you have no ab you have no abs you don't have electronic braking you don't have uh, electronic steering all no of it power is steering. no yep. power steering you, you have all of it is just raw mechanical do and you're manhandling that car and for the for the usf pro car you're gaining wider tires the rear tires of the usf 2000 now go on the front and then you have the rear tires being a little bit larger as well with more downforce 
and more power. So that car becomes a huge handful, especially at a track like Sebring that's so extremely bumpy. You need to have that physique. Let's add this in as well. These cars are not designed for someone as tall as you. What are you, 6'3"? <laughs> I'm six four, and uh, if I put so, shoes on, if I shoes, put shoes on, I'm six five. So you're six four or six five, lady. You should be playing basketball. We all know that, folks. But he's a racing fan. He's, a, he's hey, a, I he's do a play some basketball every now and then around here. You should. You should <laughs> so do I'm that, not. Man. I'm not. I'm not leaving myself out of that. Good, but let's just be real. So these cars, of course, designed. If you're five seven to five nine, you're going to fit really nicely into one of these Tatus cars. I just say this because obviously you're kind of crammed in there. So the angles of everything you're, that you're doing are, are not natural angles, right? Graham Rahal will tell right. you the same thing running his IndyCar. Being as tall as he is, Stefan Wilson, same thing. It's just not exactly the same positioning. So you have to be, you have to have the flexibility. You have to have that strength. You have to have the, 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 uh, the ability to run longer distances, really not being in a superbly comfortable position. How comfortable are you in the car knowing that other guys are probably more comfortable than you are? Well, I don't. I'm not any of the other guys, so I have no idea how comfortable they are. <laughs> right, that's that, that's point taken. Yeah, that's very um, true. So, and I've always been tall, so I don't know. I don't remember what it was like to be comfortable in a car when that's I was so shorter, funny. when I was younger. Yeah. So even when I first stepped into a, my first race car, it was a F1600 car, or a 2000, uh, and, and a two liter, like a Van Diemen car. Yeah. But they used yep. to run in the the old um usf 2000 series before 2017 yep. when they released the the seven uh the usf 17 and i was above six foot then <laughs> so i i was slim and and those are the tube chassis so it's, it was a little bit harder in those to fit in than the, the carbon fiber monocoque that we have in the yeah. two, um the usf the usf pro but like slamming knees into the side like in and i i almost always hit the steering column with my knees my elbows <laughs> And it's just like, especially at Sebring, I get out of the car and I'm beat up. Even with like padding and everything, it's, yep, it's just yep. going to happen. So, I mean, it's – and to give you a bit of a understanding, like I hit my head on everyday things like feelings. <laughs> and <laughs> like if I'm crawling under a table, or I, hit, I hit my head on everything. Yep. So it's it's not even just the fact like that I'm – I think that like 6'4 is, is kind of tall because I know there's a lot taller. It's the cars are a little small, and I mean, I'm also kind of clumsy. So <laughs> that's funny. It's remarkable how low you actually still get in the car. You, you're yeah, it's still pretty low I'm, in the car. I'm quite low in comparison to drivers like Jackson Lee and um, other guys. I think it's just because my torso is a little a little yep. smaller. Yep. So my I think I get more of my legs. That's and it. Then, um, you get jam more of your legs. All I right, do so... have a, I do have a bit of a giraffe neck, so my head sticks out a little bit more. But... <laughs> All right, I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's wrap things up with two things here. Uh, again, getting a chance to talk to Michael D. Orlando, the driver of the number one machine with the USF Pro Championship Scholarship Colors for Turn 3 Motorsport. Uh, again, last year's USF 2000 champion rookie campaign this year in USF Pro 2000, the top level of the program. Uh, we'll go St. Pete, and then we'll kind of preview uh, this coming weekend's uh, St. Petersburg, or rather uh, Sebring run. Uh, go to St. Petersburg, and obviously you want to come out of the gate strong. You were good at, at, um, at uh, spring training. You, pr you know, obviously only four sessions on the track. You've been there before, which is good, but most of the drivers in USF Pro had, not all of them, but but a, a, a good majority of them. Uh, you Third in practice, qualify sixth, so you're in a pretty good uh, pretty good place. Race one doesn't go your way. You end up with contact with your teammate, and you end up DNFing, finishing 18th. Uh, that puts you now into, into the mental game, right, where you have to realize it's a long season. You, know, it's, it's, you either have a good finish, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm off to a great start, or you have a bad finish, 
you got to immediately click into it's a long season. I've got a long way to go. Is that kind of the way things went in the tent after the DNF? Yeah. Um, to, if quite frankly, it wasn't a DNF. Uh, I was only I got spun around in turn one, and me, uh, yes. I yeah. did go. I went a lap behind. Lap so yeah. I. Um, My apologies. With with that, I couldn't really put a, a quicker lap down in that race because of um, well spinning out. I kind of roasted the the new tires that I had on that session, and yep. um, so I ended up starting ninth for race two. So even with the the 18th place finish or 17th, whatever, whatever I finished in that race, and um, the and then going into race two, I started ninth, and same thing happened again. I had a proper re- I had a proper restart getting back and tried to be as not aggressive but smart as possible, so I didn't re- lose it on the on the first lap, first corner, and it all went well until the restart and an accident happened in front of me and turn on the exit of turn two, which uh, I lost my front nose cap to. And with as you, if you don't know, the front nose cap is pretty much if you lose that, it creates a hole into the entire cockpit of the car, yeah. which acts as a parachute. <laughs> so, I even though I was sitting back in 11th place and I made a couple spots back up because from that incident, the rest of the race, I had no straight line speed. I was which faster is, everywhere which, else. which yeah. at St. Petersburg's being at St. Petersburg means you're done. Extremely important. Like, you're done. At, at tracks like Barber or something, you can make it happen, but we don't race at Barber now. Um, yeah. but yeah, I was I was trying to I was trying to work my way up the up the field and I just found myself losing on the straights, even in the draft I was getting pulled away from and I, I couldn't ever I couldn't ever make any moves happen. So yeah, it was definitely quite the frustrating weekend, especially from where I qualified in, in P6. Maybe if I had qualified a little bit forward, everything could have been different. Um, but even then, like with a, a minor tire pressure, a miscalculation, and a little bit of um, timing, I mean, in terms of Christian Brooks, who qualified pole in, uh, for race one, I was on pace with him. So we yeah. could have made something happen, but, you know, it could have, would have, should have type thing. And, you know, we gotta got to make sure we keep our, our head up um and don't let this that you know terrible type of weekend a terrible start to the race season get to my head um because in terms of what's i what i've done in the past and what i know i can do it's as long as you keep a consistent rest of the season and you work your way forward uh you kind of you want to make sure you minimize your bad days so if we if we have if we have um you know minimal bad days or even if i do maximize those the times that I do have a bad day, some consistent top five finishes and top threes and wins and try and do whatever I can. But, you know, it's try to try to be as smart as I can for the rest of the season, because even though I am, you know, back in 17th place for, in terms of uh, championship points, I'm still in the running and people yeah, well, listen, and listen, people only, would be, you know, not smart to think that <laughs> you're only five points out of 10th. And yep. you're only seven points out of eighth. And that's because we had a couple drivers, obviously, who were up front at St. Petersburg and kind of had good finishes. I will say this. Point leads are nothing when it comes to the USF Pro Championships. We saw oh, Christian Rasmussen have a massive lead a couple of years ago at USF 2000. And it was down to three points by the time uh, we got to mid-Ohio. So you never know what happens. And obviously, you understand that. Again, only seven yep. points out of eighth. Uh, all it takes is a couple of big weekends where you, you guys are the hot rods and you can get things done. Speaking of that, nicely done. You're able to go back at it here to Sebring. This is going to be a very interesting weekend. We haven't run at Sebring as part of this uh, USF Pro Championships and going back again to the road to Indy days. I want to say 2013 or something like that. It's been almost 10 years since we've had a race at Sebring. Um, and it's it's a bumpy racetrack. It's 17 corners. It's long. You have to be smart. You have to be strong. You said it's going to beat up a lot of these drivers. There are going to be drivers 
who are not going to be good at the end of a full full run because you're going to get tired getting beat up. Just give me your preview, your thoughts coming into the weekend. Obviously, it's a, it's a four-day weekend. USF Juniors on the other debut. They're going to run on Thursday and Friday, 2000 on Saturday and Sunday. And then you guys are kind of in the middle there in the Pro 2000 category. What are your thoughts going in and what's your mindset in terms of what you have to get done? So as preseason testing went, we did a lot of testing at Sebring. And so did everyone else. So I think in terms of competition-wise, whoever is up front, it seems like there's going to be about five, six guys all pretty close to each other. And then the rest of the field kind of spaces itself out. Um, But everyone has the car. Everyone has a setup. At at that point, it's just going to be like who kind of guesses track conditions and whoever whoever kind of gets that luck factor into whoever qualifying um, files in or for the races. And, you know, I think – in terms of consistency and raw pace, we're there. We're definitely top three. We've been there consistently, and there's been a couple of sessions in preseason testing where I put it on. I put the fastest lap down, so I'm, I'm pretty confident going into going into this next weekend. I know that we can we can make something good happen with it. And in terms of whoever did, I don't think there's been many people that did a full race in on that on that track. Yeah, I was wondering what that. I think in terms of preseason testing, I've been trying to pay attention to that, but I don't think there has been too many. And you know, for I've I've seen some of my teammates and some other people that have been you know come out and they're sweating like crazy coming uh, coming out of the car, and you know it's I was too, but it was a hot weekend. <laughs> but I think I'm pretty capable. I know for sure I've done at least I've done two race stints at that track, and both times I came in and I was completely fine. That's where the that's where the physical capability side of things and all of the all of the fitness work I've done over yeah. the winter has come into okay. play. And I think going into the races, those they're going to be long races. They're going to be long, especially because of the bumps on that track. Turn 17 is killer. It and is. we all know that. So I think it's going to be who is definitely in the best condition physically and mentally and who can put down consistent laughs for the entire race. Because when it gets to lap 20 and – you're putting the pressure on pole if he uh, on first place if he doesn't have the same physical and mental capabilities as you he's going to make a mistake and it'll That's be super it. easy to make to make a move on it so i'm i'm pretty confident going into this weekend and i know that you know we can we can make something good happen with it Rounds three and four of the USF Pro 2000 Championship coming up this weekend, or next weekend, rather. This weekend, of course, the 12, 12 hours of Sebring. Then uh, we're there the weekend afterwards. Uh, Michael Orlando running for turn three, Motorsports, your rating USF 2000 champion. Michael, obviously, we want people to follow you on social media and make sure they're able to, to, to see what you're doing throughout the year and everything you do between the races. How, how do they follow you? What's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? How do they follow you on social? Uh, Facebook, I am Michael D'Orlando and Michael D'Orlando Racing on Twitter. It is Michael D'Orlando, except with the O is a one. I don't know. They kind of, it kind of changed. I don't know how it changed, but it did. Right. Um, Instagram, <laughs> it is Michael D'Orlando official. And then I do have a TikTok that's just Michael D'Orlando. Yes. What's the TikTok? Michael it's D'Orlando? Michael, yeah, it's just Michael D'Orlando. That's all it is. Um, all right. it's, right. it's kind of, it's kind of plain, but it, it's, it's kind of fun. I throw something up out there every now and that's kind of cool. Show a little personality in there. Yeah, it's I do I do more on my Instagram than anyone else of uh, anything else. I do a lot of reels and stories. So if you wanna if you wanna see my daily life, 
Instagram is the way to see it. That's it. No, that's what we always say. If you're a racing fan in the NTT IndyCar series or any kind of a racing fan for for uh, for road racing, it's a great opportunity to get a chance to see these young drivers when they're just working their way up through the ranks, really get a, a, a feel for them when they work their way into the NTT IndyCar series or IMSA or whatever it may be. Uh, Michael, I appreciate you taking the time out of a Friday morning to, to chat with me a little bit. I will see you down at Sebring. I'm rolling in, I think, on Wednesday night, so we'll see you there. Uh, you me guys too. are on track. Are you guys on track on Friday, right? I think you guys yeah. Yeah, we got um, Friday, Saturday. So we have three sessions on Friday with practice quality and race one and then qualifying two and race two on Saturday. There it is. Michael, thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good weekend, Rob. Again, folks, one of the uh, top young drivers coming through the sport right now won the USF 2000 championship last year in a tremendous battle to the end uh, at Portland. Looking to do the same thing this year when we get to the Labor Day event out in the Pacific Northwest. He's running for turn three motorsports. Not a great start to the season at St. Petersburg, but I'll tell you this. Do not count this driver out at all because he has the ability, he has the experience and the focus to get himself back where he needs to be. He'll be doing it with two more races next weekend at Sebring International Raceway. Make sure you follow along all his social media, mine as well, at USF Pro Insider, and of course, all of the USF Pro 2000 uh, um, social media channels as well. Make sure you download the app for the USF Pro Championships as well. They got a new mini doc going on there, The Drive, brought to you by uh, Discount Tire. Uh, and again, some great stuff happening throughout the 2023 season. Thank you so much, folks. On behalf of Michael D. Orlando, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. 